Welcome back to another episode of the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. In this show, Susan Niebergall and I, an amazing friend and inner circle coach, go all in on keto, the pros and cons of keto, why you might want to do it, why it might be helpful and beneficial, and also why it might not be helpful, why it might not be beneficial, and why you might not want to do it. So a very unbiased overview of the keto diet, if it's worth it or if it's not, who it's good for, who it's not good for. Hope you like it. If you have any questions, let us know. Talk to you soon. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm delightful. Let's pretend like we didn't just get off the phone seven seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's. <laughs> How you been? Uh, I'm I'm fantastic. And seven seconds ago, we decided that we wanted to talk about the ketogenic diet because both of us have been getting a lot, a lot of questions about the ketogenic diet. Is it, is it good for fat loss? Is it better for fat loss? Is it the best for fat loss? Is it bad for fat loss? Is it good for health? All this stuff. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we dive into it, before I ask you your opinion on it, before I really get you to give us the down low on ketogenic diet, the pros and the cons, I'm super excited. I know you're super excited about the inner circle retreat coming Absolutely. in. And, and basically, the one thing that we really wanted to stress for anyone listening right now, whether you're in the inner circle and you're not sure if you're going to go to the retreat or you're not even in the inner circle. Basically, what's going on is we are having a two-day well, from January 5th, Friday night to January 7th, Sunday. We're having a retreat in Austin, Texas or July, July 5th, 7th, not January, uh, July 5th, 6th, 7th. And it's a two-day retreat where basically it's free for Inner Circle members. The Inner Circle is $24.99 a month, and there's no extra cost for, for a ticket. This is just you're going to come. We're going to have a big retreat. We're going to have a bunch of speakers. We have several of the most highly regarded uh, fitness and nutrition speakers in the fitness industry coming. Uh, we're going to have just a lot of fun. We have a lot of activities planned um basically what susan and i really decided when we when we decided to do the retreat was we wanted a fitness retreat that did not that was not based in marketing that was not based around making a quick buck that was not based around selling supplements or products or dvds or or anything literally we just want a group of people who support each other who who are from all over the world not just the country, but all over the world coming together who support each other online and finally get a chance to meet in person and interact in a place where they're not worried about being sold on more stuff or, or pitched on more supplements. It's just you come, we hang out, we make a plan for the coming year, and that's it. And then we make friendships and and we have a, continue to have a supportive community online. So um, is there anything that, that you wanted to talk about Susan with the inner circle retreat uh, this coming July that like so that you think is really important for people to know. I think one thing that's super important is um, that um, it it doesn't cost inner circle members a dime to come to the actual event. Um, you just have to get there. It's included in your inner circle membership your your monthly cost. So um, it's hopefully that will be able that will uh, enable uh, everyone to come um, and, and participate because conferences like that just the ticket to get in the door 
um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars, uh, really. And so for our members, it's free. So we want everyone to come. And so that's why we chose to go this route um, is because we want everyone to come. Um, you said we have some great speakers and we do. Super excited about that. Um, some, some, we're going to have a great workout together. We've already told our members about that um, over at Onnit Gym. And uh, we're super excited about being able to go there. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be able to work with everybody, um, help everybody with technique, that kind of thing. And then just everyone get kind of a workout in together. Um, and we have some social things going on. So yeah, it's just going to be a lot of fun. And no sales pitch, no nothing like that. Nothing. I love it. I love yeah. it. So um, if you're interested in the inner circle and the retreat specifically, you can either email me, Jordan at sciatfitness.com. Susan, what's your email? Susan Fitness at gmail.com. I love it. And I'll, I'll put both of those emails in the description of the podcast. So if you have any questions, email either one of us and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And now let's talk. Susan, tell me, just let's just talk about just generals generals first what is your overarching opinion of the ketogenic diet like if if you had to look at let's start with from a fat loss perspective a little bit a little bit more specific is the ketogenic diet inherently better and or worse or is it inherently better or worse for fat loss yes or no and you just go off on that I don't think it's, you know, I don't, I don't think it's either one of those. I don't think it's better than anything else. Um, I, 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 I will say this, um, the biggest issue with, with the ketogenic diet that people have come to with me is they can't, they can't keep it up for any length of time. And it's interesting because my next door neighbor, actually, this is great timing. She was telling me that her husband is, um, is kind of back on going on a keto kind of diet and he kind of does these cycles because he knows he can lose weight with this and he does and, but he can't keep it up. So the, the weight comes back on and then it's time to go back on again. And it's this cycle. Um, and I, that's what I find that happens with most people. They, they, they do keto for a while and they see some results Um and they think this is great. This is finally what's going to work for me and so on and so forth. And um, then I don't know however much time goes by and they just can't do it anymore. It just, it's too hard to live like that. And most people, I don't want to say everyone, because maybe some people love to live like that, but I think a majority of people probably don't like to um, exclude an entire food group or an entire anything. Um, they want to be more inclusive of foods. And um, I think that's where this falls really short for long-term sustainability, really. I think, I think you said all of that very well. And, and just to put my own two cents in, I agree. There are, there are some people who love keto and, and they enjoy it and they can do it forever and it's not a problem. I would say that those people tend to be few and far between. Uh, yeah. they, they do exist. And there are some conditions in which the ketogenic diet can actually be very helpful. For example, epilepsy. Uh, those with epilepsy can actually seriously benefit from being on the ketogenic diet. There's a lot of research on that. A lot of the research. And, there, and there's also some, some cancer treatments too. I, another, and this just popped into my head, another neighbor around the corner, her husband is in an advanced stage of cancer. And um, they're basically eating keto right now in, because doctors are telling them 
that, I mean, it's not going to cure anything, but it may slow things down. So, so there are people who can benefit, benefit from it, who do benefit from it. And I have no issues with keto from the perspective of it does work. It absolutely, yeah. if you, if you stick with it, it can and will work to lose fat. But here's, here's the, really the, the biggest thing. Even, even before we talk about the sustainability of it, a lot of the proponents of keto say that calories don't matter as long as you're not eating carbs or just keeping your carbs very low, oftentimes like below less than 100 grams a day, which is it's not that much. Um, they, they generally run on, the, on the, the insulin hypothesis along the lines of carbs spike insulin. Insulin is a fat storage hormone. And if you're spiking your insulin by eating carbs, then you're obviously going to store fat. And when you look at that one aspect of the greater system as a whole, is, but if you isolate that one aspect, it makes sense. Like, oh, wow, insulin's a storage hormone. You store fat when it spikes, carbs spike insulin. So obviously you shouldn't eat carbs. But it's a very, very reductionist point of view because you're missing out on the whole aspect of, of insulin number one and the energy balance equation in general. So if we actually look at insulin per se under that under that logic that we shouldn't eat carbs because carbs spike insulin and insulin source that well protein also spikes insulin i was just going to say that sure it does and so if there's actually like so if you there's a lot of high protein foods that spike insulin just as much if not more than some carbohydrate foods and so the idea that we shouldn't be eating carbs because they spike insulin is it would fly right in the face of keto because so much of their diet is based in protein in which they're also spiking their insulin. So it really takes away it, 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 it cherry picks what they want and it doesn't look at what's actually the truth. And the deal is if you're in a calorie deficit and you're doing keto, you lose fat for sure. Yeah. But if yeah. you're in a calorie surplus and you're doing keto, you might lose weight on the scale Weight loss on the scale does not always mean it's fat in the same way that weight gain on the scale doesn't always mean that it's fat. Well, you might initially lose weight on the scale because you're losing water, you're losing glycogen, you have less stomach content in you in general, but that's what happens. It's a quick, rapid fat loss a lot of times because it's a lot of water gone, so people get motivated, and they're basing their progress solely on the scale, and then when that plateaus, then they lose motivation. And then they end up and sort of relapsing. And then that's where they go to that cycle that you brought up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I see all the time. Um, because that, that initial success is like, man, this, this is it. <laughs> this is finally going to work. And, and it's interesting because people will tell me, um, well, keto really works for me. And, and, and after we talk and, and I'm like, well, you regained how many pounds? Um, 30. Well, then it didn't work for you, did it? Really? <laughs> I mean, it didn't, or you wouldn't be doing it yet again. Um, you would still be doing it and you wouldn't have gained the 30 pounds. So um, it really didn't work. And it's so funny how people look at that. You know, it, it, it's really interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because it's, it's a lot of the same way how people treat juice cleanses, right? Or like these detox cleanses where they're like, oh my God, I, I, they do so well for me. I, I, every time I do it, I lose like 15, 20 pounds and like a weekend. It's like, okay, but then what happens? Well, then I usually gain it back. Okay. So for something to work, 
it has to work over a long period of time. What most people do is they look at the short-term positive of that weight loss and then assume it quote unquote works and then mm-hmm. quick, very easily forget about the relapse, the relapse and the binging. And it's actually, if you really look at the mindset of it and psychology of it, it's a lot like those who are addicted to gambling. A lot of gamblers, what they'll do is they will, if, if you look at like the brain activity of someone who's gambling, someone who's gambling, when they almost win, when they're very close, the brain activity is very similar, if not exactly the same as when they do win. Mm-hmm. It's that right. addictive. It's like when you lose a lot of weight very quickly, you get that, oh, yeah, it's working. It's, this is it. Crushing yeah. it. And then when you gain it all back, all you remember is the, oh, but that worked really well. And you yeah. forget how hard it was and how miserable you were. And I'm not saying you have to be miserable on keto. You do not have to be miserable. There are people who do it very successfully and they love it. But I am saying that if you are someone who's tried keto and it's been very difficult for you to meet, you have to logically and objectively ask yourself, is this actually something that is good for me? Because if it, if it was good for me, then I would be able to sustain it long-term without it drastically taking over my life. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of the same thing we say about when we see progress on the scale, you know, let's not get overly happy with the scale going down because we know that it can also go right back up as the same as we don't want to get overly angry when it doesn't move or it goes up. I mean, the, the, the emotions on, on like this, the keto success, you know, yet it's be careful with that because if you get over zealous about losing however much weight at the beginning of it um be ready for for the long haul because the going's going to get tough it it always gets tough for everyone and um can you sustain that and and like you said most people can't most people uh need carbs and and honestly i i think um i boy i tried a version of it years and years and years ago i don't think it was officially keto but basically a no carb kind of thing and I'll tell you what, after two days, my brain was a mess. <laughs> I wasn't, I couldn't think clearly. I just, I, I, this was not something that was going to be for me, for sure. I just love carbs too much. And I'm just not willing to not eat carbs um, at this point in my life. But I just feel like um, there's so much hype on that initial weight loss that you will get from anything if you do it right. Um that people completely overlook, I'm going to be doing this for how long? Can I eat like this forever? Um, and I think most of the people are going to say, hell no, <laughs> not going to do it. I think you brought up a bunch of good points in there. And like a couple of things I, I wanted to expand on just because like, they're so important. Number one being when you, when you're talking about like, I, I actually tried keto as well. And what a lot of the people who are super hardcore keto, they would say, well, oh, you only tried it for two days. You didn't wait long enough to get keto adapted. If you waited longer, you would have got keto adapted and then you would have been fine. It's like, okay, well, let's say we wait longer, which I did. I did it for several months. I felt miserable the whole time. I hated it. It felt like I was constantly in restriction. I love carbs. I prefer a higher carb, lower fat diet for me personally. I always feel better with that. But yeah. let's say you get keto adapted and it's fine. And let's say you even feel great. What happens if you go out to an event or you go on vacation and you don't have these foods available. It, it comes down to really being able to enjoy your life and letting 
nutrition be a part of your life, not letting your life revolve around nutrition. And when yeah. I, I, I see a lot of people who are, who do keto, they do it very successfully. And then they go on vacation, then they go out or, or for the holidays and it, they, they either do not dare touch anything. They just sit there or they bring their own food to, to Thanksgiving or whatever. They bring their Tupperware and they, whatever, or they get, they do end up having carbs and then have a serious binge and, and get seriously demoralized because then they look at the scale and because they had a couple carbs, they're where their body is sucked up all the water and is holding on to it now. And because they've allowed the scale, and this is going to the other point that you brought up, because they've allowed the scale to dictate their, their progress, now when it goes up, they think that they're ruining all their progress. And it's a serious emotional issue yeah. where a lot of the, the keto crowd, they tend to contradict themselves a lot, especially with the scale. Because on one end, if someone is trying to lose fat, and they say, well, the scale's not going down. The scale's not going down. Like, hey, listen, it's okay. The scale fluctuates. No problem. But if someone says, oh, the scale went down 20 pounds in like in a week, they just are the fastest to say like, yes, that's it. You lost so much fat so quickly. Yeah, it's like it, yeah, you're cherry picking yeah. in order to support your own yeah. hypothesis to support what you're doing. And again, you and I, we both are totally fine if it works for you and, and you feel better on it and you can sustain it. But we have to be objective and we have to understand that we have to be, we have to understand on both sides. Like if you're going to say that when the scale spikes up and you're trying to lose fat, if you're going to say, Hey, listen, like there are many reasons for that. You also have to say when you lose a lot of weight very quickly that, Hey, listen, it's, it's not just fat. There's other things here as well. And we need to be more objective with it. Oh, hundred percent. And, and I, I, we hear that all the time. Um, there, there's, I hear that cherry picking all the time. Yeah, when the scales goes down, yeah, man, keto, it works, it works, it works, it works. Um, I just, I just feel like for most of the people like that that you and I are in contact with, and and people that reach out to us, um, there are probably some of them that have done very well on it, and maybe that's how they want to live, and 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 they can manage it however they want to manage it. But I think for the the rest of the people, it is not lifestyle friendly. I mean, it's just not lifestyle friendly for just living a normal everyday kind of life, you know, where, where your schedule gets screwed up and you don't have, you, you can't pack your, your meals all day long and have exactly keto friendly, this, that, and the other. Um, life isn't like that. Um, if, if it was that easy and that perfect, we would be living in this perfect world. But I, I, I like to say this, you know, um, the world's not perfect. So we, we certainly shouldn't try to be eating in a perfect little way. You know, it's imperfect. So let's embrace that and be imperfect. <laughs> Learn how to be imperfect um, and, and eat that way and be able to sustain it and be happy um, and, and do what works for us. But if keto works for you and you can be that way, then, then great. I more power to you, <laughs> you know, really. I, I agree. And I, I encourage if anyone's like, I don't know. I'm confused. I just heard so-and-so saying it was amazing. Now Jordan and Susan are saying like, maybe it's not sustainable. I don't try it. I think, yeah, especially we see this in the inner circle all the time. If you have a question about something, don't take our word for it. Go try it. Do it yourself. The best way to learn is through having your own experience. But if you're going to do that, you need to be objective with it and to really try to log everything be meticulous with your data track like track not just your weight also your measurements also your pant sizes track how long you can sustain it track everything and be really 
but it was funny. I was actually, I was talking with Diana from the inner circle today and we were, this has nothing to do with keto, but it's, it highlights the importance of tracking where she was talking about how she's going to go into a fat loss phase. And, um, basically she's worried that if she does it for 12 weeks, she's not going to make much progress. And she said, because in the past she's done it and she's only lost about three to four pounds over 12 weeks. And I asked her, I was like, well, based on how consistent you were over the course of those 12 weeks, do you think you should have lost more? And she went back to her log and she came back and she was like, wow, I found out that I was consistent 71% of the time. And if you think about that, first of all, just look at the 80, 20 rule, like 80, 20, that's generally what we live by. But if you were to take that 71 and turn it into a grade out of a hundred, that's a C minus. Like, yeah, it's a it's low a C. Low C. And you can't <laughs> yeah. expect yeah, yeah, to, yeah. if half a pound to one pound a week is amazing progress on average, then why would you expect to lose half a pound to one pound a week on a C minus grade? That's not amazing yeah. grade. That's like three to four pounds yeah. is like, that sounds just about right for being a C minus grade. So I think, and there's a whole, I think, wow, minus like flipped on me, but there was another thing I want to bring up in regard to keto. I think one of the major major really issues I have with it that turns me off big time and, and is one of the biggest reasons I tend to steer people away from it is because it tends to be built around fear. This fear that insulin and carbs will make you fat. And when that yeah. is the driver behind the way you eat, consciously or not, you will create an unhealthy relationship with anything that does not fit into the keto guidelines. And when you are in a situation in which maybe you have nothing else, that's a very dangerous situation in terms of mentally, emotionally, also physically, it leads to a lot of binging. Um, a lot of disordered eating habits can come from it. And I know Susan, you and I, what we really preach more than anything is do what works for you, but don't demonize something as inherently bad for you. It's, it comes down to being able to eat in a way that supports your lifestyle and supports your goals and in moderation. If, if that's keto, amazing. Oh, but yeah. we can't promote fear around food. There are – if you look at a lot of the Asian cultures, like they eat white rice as a primary source of food, right? And they're also mm-hmm. one of the healthiest, lowest body weight, best um, body fat percentages in the world. And white rice is one of their main food sources. So, like, if if carbs were really that bad, we would we would know by now. And we have to stop promoting yeah. fear. It's it is outrageous. Yeah. Oh, it's totally outrageous. And and I think the white rice is a great is a great example of that. Yeah, it it, it is outrageous because who wants to live your life in fear of it, it's food? My God. I think like you said before, nutrition shouldn't be driving your life. Like, and, and, and you shouldn't be worrying about, oh my God, it's dinner and I don't have access to, you know, whatever. I may have to have some carbs at dinner. Oh my God, I'm gonna get fat. And you know, it's so interesting because that, I guess this kind of leads us to how, how many times we both get somebody that, it, that will tell us when describing their nutrition, how they they have pretty much eliminated carbs and when somebody tells me that i ask them why and and they they kind of are stumped at the beginning and they they say well you know i i just seem to be able to lose weight 
when I do that. And, and then that, that brings the discussion to the whole calorie thing. And, and it's just so interesting how people assume that one group of foods is the, the sole reason why they can't lose weight or they can't sustain a weight loss or fat loss or anything like that. And it, it blows my mind. Um, and, and I know we're kind of on a mission to help <laughs> change that attitude around and, and let people know that you, you can be inclusive of all foods and still lose weight and still lose fat and be healthy and, and all the rest. You don't have to exclude anything. Well, I fucking love you, just so you know. I, because I'm, I'm, like, getting angry thinking about, like, a lot of people have unhealthy relationships with, relationships with food, a lot of food anxiety based on things they've been fed and told largely in order for someone to benefit based on them buying into their program or their diet. And yeah, we're not okay with that. And here's a really important point. <laughs> Susan and I are saying, if you like keto and you enjoy it, by all means do it. Absolutely. But if you ask someone 100%. who is solely a keto advocate, if you can lose fat while eating carbs, if you enjoy it and you're in a calorie deficit, they'll say no. They'll say keto is the only way. And maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe there's someone else who, who's a moderate, hardcore keto advocate. But I would very much encourage you, if you're, if you're wondering, if you're not sure, number one, try it. And number two, go look at what the exact opposite of us is saying. And just remember, we're not saying you can't do it because keto does work if you're in a calorie deficit. But then listen to what they're saying and see if they're as open-minded and as understanding that it's not one way or another. It's not inherently good or bad. Keto is not inherently bad. There are many instances in which it's great. What it comes down to is your individual ability to do it in a way that makes your life better. If that's with keto, Hashem. That's amazing. If that's with, if that's with South Beach, awesome. If that's with calorie counting, fantastic. I, I don't care. Just do what you can do happily, and that is, Susan. That's why we get. That's why fuck, I fucking love you because we're on the same page with that, and that's why I'm getting so angry talking about this because I hate that people are getting duped and tricked into feeling fear around food when it is just not it, it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't and i think you hit on it the 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 um the closed-mindedness of of a lot of hardcore keto advocates is what is uh, driving the fear um they're closed-minded they're not open to any kind of discussion and not everyone but but the, the extreme cases and and those are the most vocal people a lot of the times and those are the ones that uh, people hear as a result. And um, yeah, it, 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 there's no discussion. And I think that is, um, that's a huge problem. And it's just a huge problem in society with a lot of things, but this in particular is one of them. And that drives the fear of everyone. And it just, it, it, yeah, it pisses the shit out of me too, <laughs> because I just, I just, yeah, I, it, it does. And it, it's given me a little riled up too, because, you know, it just, doesn't have to be that way. Um, and if it works for you, great, please, please, please do that. But my God, if you are trying this and or for the third time, 
because you've tried it, it worked, and then you regained and you're going to do it again. Get off of that damn carousel and find something that you can sustain forever. You know, uh, you will be a happier person and, and maybe keto didn't work for you. Okay. Maybe you're going to count calories and try to include everything or, 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 or maybe try, you know, a higher fat, low, lower carb or whatever, try something else, but just, just get off the carousel. If that's what's happening with you and, and find something that you can sustain for life, because that's what we want for everybody. That's what you and I are trying to get everyone to do is find what works that's for it. you. It's one of those things where a lot of people, it, it, that's where her, you and I, we run into trouble when people are like, so, so what is your uh, nutrition method? And it's like, well, that's a whole can of worms because our nutrition method is working with you to figure out what you enjoy most and what you can do yeah. while making progress without letting it take over your life, without ha- binge eating, without having food anxiety, like allowing you to go to eat with friends and family and at holidays and events without getting anxious around food or, or binging on food, what can we, how can we help you find a way to eat that allows you to make progress towards your goals, but also doesn't completely take over your life and drive you batshit crazy. And the reality is every single person has a different answer. And not only that, what works for you at one point in your life might not be the best option at another point in your life, maybe when, maybe if, if you're in college and, and you have a ton of time throughout the day to, uh, to work out for a long time and whatever, like you, you can do one thing. Uh, maybe when you have two kids and you're, you're working full time and you can only work out for three days a week for, for 25, 30 minutes, something else is going to happen. And it, it's a huge fucking mess when you when you fall into the trap of thinking there's only one right way because when it's not not if but when in life things change and you cannot do that thing anymore or maybe it's just not enjoyable anymore now you're in a mental mind fuck of like shit but yeah. this is the only way and you try and fit a square peg into a round hole when you don't need to do that you can just simply adjust whether it's calorie counting weight watchers um south beach like again there are a million ways. There are a million ways to do it. None of them are inherently right or wrong. Most important is, can you sustain it and enjoy it while making progress? And basically, I think that one of the reasons our, our, our inner circle members do so well is because we do not demonize a single way and we do not force anyone into a box. We very much, basic, the best way I can describe it is we I, here, here's a wonderful quote. One of my favorite quotes is the best teachers don't tell their students what to see. They just show them where to look. They don't say, yeah, like, oh, hundred percent. Like, this is what you yeah. have to see. They say, here, here's, here's the lay of the land. Whatever you see is what you see. And you paint the picture however you want, but I'm not going to tell you what you have to see. And that's, I feel like how we am embody our coaching it's like listen here's here's this overall fact we're going to just give you all the tools and you can build it in whatever way you want and, and we're not going and this is sort of like oh in terms of meal plans well can we just have a meal plan yeah you and i are like no yeah make you a meal plan yeah because yeah then it's going to become yeah. law we're going to give you all the tools mm-hmm. and if you want to make an own sample meal plan and then send it to us and we'll look at it and review it by all means but we'll give you the tools so 
you can learn to fish. And then in two years and five years and 15 years and 20 years, you can continuously keep fishing and change things as needed. But when you look for that one quick fix or that one definitive law, that one thing, that's when you really pigeonhole yourself and fuck yourself down the road. Oh, 100%. And, you know, in, in the education world, um, you know, you can be given the answers to a test and ace that test. Absolutely. That one time you'll ace that test. But down the road, when you have to start applying that information, you won't be able to do it because you didn't have to think. You didn't have to put in any kind of preparation or any kind of work on the front end. So because of that, you are now not prepared for stuff that will come after. And that's kind of how I look at meal plans and this kind of thing. You know, you're being given the answers to a test. Sure, it'll be great for that little period of time. Um, but after that, it that's won't a be. tremendous analogy. It really won't. That's be. a tremendous analogy. A meal plan is like being given the answers to a test. Yeah, it is. That's like literally the best analogy I've ever heard for that because I'm just thinking if you're going to have a test or write a research paper, then you got to go to the library. You got to go open a bunch of books. Yeah. You got to go like look at all the articles. You got to do all the research. And a lot of people are like, well, just tell me what to eat. It's like you need to fucking go find your favorite high protein food well what's high in protein google or read the document that we sent yeah. you like a yep. lot of people they don't yeah. want to do they just want to tell me what to eat no the reason we're making you do this work is in that i love that analogy i'm gonna steal that one and i'll quote you every time i'll be like yes, i got this from susan <laughs> is it's like getting the answers for that one test and not learning how to research not learning how to not getting the actual tools and and yeah. listen I think there's a time and a place for meal plans, but I also think the best meal plan is the one that you create yourself. Oh, absolutely. It is absolutely. And, and, and people are really the ones that are hesitant to do that. I think are the ones that um, are afraid. What if I mess up? And it's like, okay, you mess up. <laughs> okay. Keep going. You know, it, it, the world's not going to end because you, you, you planned, you screwed up and you planned 100 calories more than what you should have. So what? You know, I think people are just afraid to to dip their toe in the, in the water and, and ooh, I got wet. You know, I made a mistake. So what? It, it, it It's just they want to get it right. I get that. But I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I was on Jenny Craig way back in the day when it first came out. And the and that that's one of those meal plan places that you buy their food. Literally, every time you go there. They throw a week's worth of food in your bag and literally you just put it in the microwave and you heat it up and you eat. I had no idea how much I was eating. Zero idea on portion control. Zero. I had no idea. They just told me to eat it. I ate it. And I lost some weight. <laughs> I mean, it kind of worked for about however long I was on it. But I couldn't go. And after that, I had no idea what four ounces of chicken was or, or, or a serving of this. I had no idea. And that began the whole yo-yo thing for 30 years. So putting in the work is so important. So important. So worth it, too. So worth it. Well, I'm going to be honest. It's funny. Before we got on the phone, we are like, well, let's just talk about the keto diet and we'll see where the call goes. And I'm very happy with how we discuss this. And I might be biased making that statement. I don't know. But what I, what I'm, what I sort of want to round off on, and I'll ask you for, for – your final recommendations and words, Susan, is just to say one more time, there is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. There is no, there is no, uh, you can't, you can't fuck this up. There's no end date. There's no time yeah. where you have to, like a lot of All people of are in a rush to it, to achieve 
their goals. And when you think about it, like, for what? Like, for are you, you're, you're not yeah. stepping on stage. There's no competition. Like, what what is the rush? What is the rush? Yeah. There's no yeah. rush. And so many people tend to be in a rush that they end up taking those short-term fixes and then end up never reaching their goals because they're always trying to get the fastest way to get there, which ends up just perpetually cycling through yo-yo dieting and not ever doing anything that actually works long-term because they're in a rush when if they just slowed the fuck down and realized mm-hmm. there's no end date, there's no finish line, and just took the time to be consistent and find what was work best for them instead of doing the same thing over and over again for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, they would yeah. find figure it out within two to three years. And I very purposely uh, did not say three months or six months. I said two to three years. And that's like yes. global. One of my favorite things that I ever said a long time ago was, I want to write a book called The Five-Year Plan. Basically along the lines yeah. of, and, and that's, that's not sexy. No one's going to buy that. But like in a world where everything is, the 24 hour fix or the, or the, like the, the, like the four hour work week or the seven day cleanse or, or the 21 day, da, da, da. everyone wants like the, the fast, 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 but man, they just never reach their goals five years down the line, 10 years, 15 years. I'll write the five year plan. And if you do what the fuck I say for five years, you'll reach your goals and be able to maintain them forever. Whereas everyone else is perpetually spinning their wheels, even though they're keep doing that next quick thing. The fastest thing is when you can really internalize that the fastest way to get there is to go slow and be patient, that's when you'll start making amazing progress. And from that, Susan, a hundred. I want to ask you, like, closing thoughts. What do you want people to take away from this? Like, if, if, if when people stop listening to this podcast, they could have, like, one thing ringing in their ears and you could really, like, help them make a better decision going forward, what would you say? Gosh, I think just this last little bit um, is so important. Life-changing for me. Um, Gosh, life-changing. I kept nodding my head, nodding my head. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Gosh, get rid of any kind of timeline, any kind of timeline. Please, I'm begging you (laughs) to get rid of it because I guarantee you, when you do that, the weight off your shoulders will be immense and the freedom you're going to feel and be able to live your life will be like nothing you've ever felt. I guarantee it, but you have to do that. That's so important to me. I'm so passionate about that because that has just truly changed my life for the better. Well, you know, even as old as I am, I still got a long way to go. So yeah, do that. Please, please, please get that weight off your damn shoulders. No more timelines. Don't even give it a second thought. Put in the work, learn, learn every day what works. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to screw up. So what? Um, just find what works for you. Take your time and God bless, enjoy it. Cause it's fucking fun. <laughs> this whole thing is kind of fun and God bless. Enjoy it, everybody. Thank you. Susan. Yes. I fucking love you. You're amazing. You're, you're, you're articulate and you care and you're passionate. And I am very lucky to have you as, uh, my friend and my family and, my co-coach in the inner circle. I love you. Uh, to everyone listening, thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening or as evening now, day, morning, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I don't know what you're doing. Have a wonderful time. Susan, <laughs> I love you. And Susan, can you tell everyone where, where you. they can find you, whether like what platforms they can find you on? Sure. Um, Instagram at Susan Ebergall Fitness. 
uh, Twitter, uh, SS Niebergall. You know, if you put in Susan Niebergall Fitness anywhere on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, you'll you, find YouTube me. YouTube as well. I have a website too. Yeah, YouTube as well. Actually, a lot more on YouTube. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, Susan, I love you. Have an amazing night. To everyone else, fucking, I love you too. <laughs> talk about our tickets. <laughs> fucking, love I you. love you too. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. Bye. And that wraps it up for this episode of the mini podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, if you think you might want to hear more from Susan and I, you might be interested in the inner circle. It's where every month we give new workouts, new nutrition guidelines, new exercise videos. We have our full exercise video database with hundreds of exercises and the single most encouraging and supportive community with hundreds of people who who are there to help each other encourage each other, motivate each other, support each other. If you have any questions on it, feel free to email me, email Susan. We are here to help. Again, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon.